We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about BlueWire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at BlueWire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everybody, and a happy new year as we welcome you to another episode of the Packaday Podcast for week 17. The regular season comes to an end as you're listening to this on Sunday as the Packers take on the Bears. For both teams, a lot on the line. Home field for the Packers, a potential playoff berth for the Fighting Trubiskies in Chicago, a 3.25 Central Time kickoff, and it's going to be another great chapter in the classic Packers-Bears rivalry. My name is Mike Wendland. I'm joined by Gage Bridgeford to preview that Sunday afternoon matchup in Gage. There is so much to think about with this game, and for both teams, there there's going to be so much on the line as far as how playoff seating goes, how much home field can matter, and just whether a Super Bowl run will be happening for either of these two teams. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to watch here. Obviously, with the Seattle win on Sunday, that really messed up things for Green Bay because there was... if. Seattle lost, which I thought it was a definite possibility against that Rams defense because the Rams have given them trouble, uh, especially this season. They gave them, they handed them a loss earlier in the year. Russ has looked relatively pedestrian, but, uh, Seattle came out with a win. And now Green Bay is like, well, we got to keep going full throttle, all gas, no break. They got to come out with a win against Chicago here. I think that the Bears, 
uh, really shot themselves in the foot two months ago when they benched Mitch Trubisky in the first place. Uh, he, I think that if he's in, they are, they probably would have locked up their playoff seating already. I think that they would probably have at least nine wins. Like I think that Trubisky would have been good enough for at least one other, one more win over Foles, which would have put them in, and then it would have left the Rams and the Cardinals probably fight, fighting for that final spot in the NFC. I think the Green Bay is, yeah, clearly the better team here. And I also really – I like this because it, that means that Green Bay won't – even if they get win and get the bye, their starters won't be cold. We've seen it in years past where teams that get the bye – come out in the divisional round when they get to play, and then they're just really cold and look a little a step slow to, compared to a team that played on wildcard weekend, and it can get them upset. And Green Bay now, they'll have a week off, but they won't have two full weeks off of like Aaron Rodgers, Tay, and all these other guys sitting for week 17. So it'll be it'll be a fun game to watch for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, and I, I, I like you, you make that point because even in 2011, the Packers went through that exact scenario where they sat – Obviously, Matt Flynn had the legendary game, but then they started another week, came out and playing a very bad matchup in the Giants, and, well, we will not talk about what happened after that. But the Packers did make a couple roster moves as well. They officially placed David Bakhtiari on injured reserve with his knee injury. Uh, to replace him, they signed Ben Braden to the active roster up from the practice squad to the active 53. They have elevated Brian Price for the active roster for game day, and they signed Anthony Rush back to the practice squad. Rush was originally cut when they when they officially acquired Snacks Harrison earlier this week. And so you got to think, with how the Packers' offensive line is situated, you got to think Billy Turner probably kicks out the left tackle. Uh, they probably put Runyon or Patrick at guard, and then keep the rights and then keep. Uh, Jenkins, or keep Jenkins left guard, move Patrick at right guard, and then Rick Wagner back at right tackle. He's good to go with his injury. Uh, do you think that? Do you think that's what they're going to do with the offensive line? I imagine is that what the starting five was when Bach went down earlier in the year? I think so, yeah. Because if that's what it was, that's what they're going to go with. Uh, I there's a couple of combinations that I've liked this year that didn't necessarily involve uh, Rick Wagner, didn't involve this player or that player, but if that's the one that they went with earlier in the year, that's the one they're going to go with this week. There's just, we've seen Elton's ability to play all over the line. We've seen Billy Turner's ability to play solid at both tackle spots this year. Rick Wagner's been a decent right tackle. I think that Rick at right tackle makes a lot more sense than he did at left tackle. I did not like what I saw when he was out on the on the left side. And uh, from Andy Herman tweeted out some he like he tweeted out his grades I believe it was yesterday where he has the offensive line grading was like plus thirty this year with uh without Bakhtiari factored in compared to I think last year they were plus thirteen without Bakhtiari factored in so they've taken a significant step forward in that aspect I like that the I like the depth this team has built this is why you go get Rick Wagner this is why you signed Billy Turner last year this is why you have Guys on the bench that can come in and, and fill in and provide meaningful snaps like a John Runyon, like Lucas Patrick, who wasn't expected to start this year. You, this is why you get guys that have versatility to play every single spot. And that's when you are a good team like Green Bay and you're not a team like, let's see, like Seattle that is constantly seen scrambling to find an offensive line combination that works because you don't draft 
you don't draft good depth. You get lucky and hit on a couple of pieces and expect Russ to carry you. Green Bay has made the offensive line a priority, and I love seeing that because I think that's what the best teams do is they prioritize the tre- trenches. I'm going to make a quick reference to the Bills. The Bills last year signed, I think, like 9 or 10 signed slash drafted nine to 12 players in the offseason for their offensive line alone. They knew that they needed to protect Josh Allen and made it a priority to go do so. And it's paid dividends for them, even though they've dealt with a number of injuries this year, that offensive line is still churning because they're constantly putting in quality backups. And I think that that's what Green Bay has done. And I really like this group. And yes, it sucks to lose Bakhtiari, especially right on the precipice of the playoffs. And this team's been playing so well, but He'll be back for next year, and this team has, unlike in years past, I think that they might have the pieces to withstand losing him. Absolutely, and a couple kind of thoughts building off that. When you look at teams that have struggled offensive line, look at Chicago. Once guys like Leno, they get hurt, or Whitehair, or when they had Justin Long, or they had Long retire, and you're and you're starting Jason Spriggs. Like, there's definitely, you the depth is not where it has been in years past, all across the NFL. And the fact the Packers can have that many guys who can come in and play really impacts. And I also think earlier this week, Matt Lafleur talked about the import that he, he's going to use his line based on basically matchups. So if you have a team that's going to have multiple elite edge rushers, you may see Elton Jenkins kick out. I think against the Bears with Akeem Hicks in the middle, you probably keep him in a guard and let him do his best as when Hicks is lined up there instead of having to maybe have Turner and Patrick dealing with a guy of Hicks caliber. I'd rather trust my my Pro Bowl potential All Pro guard in there instead of having moving him kick out the tackle and having guys who aren't as good at guard taking on a guy like Hicks. So uh, like, the matchup I think is going to be be huge, and we're going to see Matt Lafleur mix and match all across that offensive line, I guess, for the rest until the, for as long as the season goes. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how they handle the edge rush situation. Uh, Robert Quinn has really underwhelmed for the Bears this year. I know he was their big marquee free agent this offseason. He has been far from uh, an elite talent on the outside. Khalil Mack is still great, still one of the best edge rushers in football. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they address that this week, whether or not he tries to put more chips in, whether he slides the tackle over there. Because like we said, it's probably going to be Turner who kicks out to the left tackle spot. So it'll so it'll be interesting to see if they say, hey, let's you know what, let's just go ahead and put a little bit of extra help over there when uh, Mac is one on one with Turner. Qu- Quinn versus Turner, I don't have as much issue with just because I think Quinn is a good player, but I think Khalil Mack is a great is a legitimately great player. So that'll be an interesting watch. I do agree, leaving Jenkins on the inside to deal with Hicks is the proper way to handle that versus putting Patrick or Runyon or whoever else they would put on in the inside just because. Hicks is such a good player. He he missed the first matchup between these two teams with, I believe, a hamstring injury. It was either a hamstring cap. It was some soft tissue injury. And he makes a big difference. Uh, Green Bay couldn't really run the ball super effectively against this team last year because Hicks was playing so well. Hicks missed that first game. Green Bay established the run, really ran the ball well, could get kind of whatever they want, and Chicago couldn't generate any pressure up the middle. So his presence will make a huge difference for the Chicago defense on Sunday, especially considering the fact that they are going to be without two of their top three corners in Jalen Johnson and Buster Screen, who, while Screen hasn't played great this year, he's he's still been in the lineup. He's still been a starter for them every single week. Now it's going to fall to either Duke Shelley or Kendall Vilder, looks like, is who the next man next men up are on, in the cornerback room. So that'll be interesting to see. Actually, and you talk about that. 
it makes you wonder whether uh, Chuck Pagano is going to have Kyle Fuller just shadow Devontae Adams the entire game, or if they're going to trust those young guys with safety up over the top against Adams. Because, I mean, either way, Devontae's going to get his, but how they match up with him opens things up for other guys. We saw EQ, maybe a couple plays against Tennessee. MVS is still out there. Lazard's great safety net. And, of course, you have the tight ends who are who have had a solid year. I mean, how does – if you're the Bears, how do you decide how to match up in that secondary? Hope and pray. I I was talking to – I was on a Bears pod earlier this week, uh, the Bears bar room, and we were talking about – they asked me kind of how I thought that Chicago should try and defend Devontae Adams, and I said, cross your fingers and hope, man. Uh, Devontae Adams is playing a different level of football. I said that he is the best receiver in football right now, and I stand by that statement. Uh, he can win with – Physicality, he can win with he can win with some speed. Like everyone, he doesn't get viewed as a speed guy, like a Tyree Kill or one of those. But he's got good speed. His footwork is phenomenal. He can go up and elevate over anybody. So, I you could shadow with Kyle Fuller. I don't think they're going to do that. That's not really how Pagano has tried to handle this defense this year. He doesn't. He generally leaves Kyle Fuller on one side and just elects to live with the results on the other side. And I think that if you're Matt LaFleur and Green Bay, you say, all right, fine. If that's how you're going to do it, we're going to take Devontae, put him away from Kyle Fuller, and let him just devour some young corners on the other side. I think that you'll see Eddie Jackson shaded to that side a lot. Uh, I think that I think that if they're smart, they'll do bracket coverage and just put a safety over the top of Tay and say, you know what? If you cut us up underneath, so be it, but we're not going to let you beat us deep. And if that's the case, then that opens up targets for guys like Alan Lazard down the field, MVS, who has been surprisingly uninvolved as of late. He's seen, I think, zero targets in two of the past six games or something like that. He's just not been getting the work that he was earlier in the year, which makes sense with Lazard returning, but still you would expect him to get some targets here and there. I think that the guys opposite Tay could really have a big day. Um, and, and also, I think that Bob Tanya can have a big day. These linebackers are really good, especially in, against the run, but they haven't been the best against pass catchers, uh, like pass catching tight ends. And I think that Tunyon versus one of Smith or Trevathan is a matchup you should look to take advantage of. Smith is, an, is a great athlete, but he's still not a flawless cover linebacker. And Trevathan is more of a thumper type. So I think that that's how Green Bay should look to take advantage is get your running backs and your tight ends involved and your tight ends involved in the passing game and take advantage of your matchups there. Granted, like, yes, Devontae's going to get fed all game. I think that I have no doubts that he ends up breaking the record for players with 100 plus catches and then uh, 18 touchdowns. I have no doubt about that. So if you're a betting person, just take Devontae Adams to score any time. The odds are. The odds are it's like minus 250 or something like that, but I'd still take that just because I think that there's no way Adams doesn't score at least once on Sunday. Yeah, probably. And you talked about the other receivers, and obviously, like you said, we saw EQ get the touchdown last week, and MVS has been quiet. But I give him a lot of credit, especially with and with Lazard, of their work in the run game. And, of course, with Packers ran wild against Tennessee. Uh, Jamal Williams coming back this week, so now you're going to have three capable running backs out there. And we may see... Jones and Williams out there together, Jones and Dylan, Williams and Dylan. We may see some of those combos coming out, and that opens things up even more for this team. And we have receivers who are willing and good at blocking. That opens things up so much more, especially in a, December, a January situation when it's getting dark, it's getting colder. Of course, I mean, it's still Chicago, but the Packers have the physical ability to be able to run the ball on these guys too, I think, and having those three running backs all out there and not having your two, two of your top tackling corners as well, 
if you can get some seals on the perimeter with guys like Lazard and MVS, the running game could be just as important. Do you really think that they use AJ Dillon? I do. I think they okay. will. See, I have my doubts just because all year long we all thought AJ Dillon could be a thing, and then he and then he was never used, and then he finally pops. But they've frequently gone with the two running back situation. They haven't tried to use AJ Dillon. They've been, you know what? We're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go in other directions. We're not gonna feature you. We're gonna feature the other two guys, which makes sense when you have Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams, who are a really good one-two punch. But Dylan has popped now, and I don't like. I think that they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna put the genie back in the bottle. But it wouldn't surprise me if Lafleur is like, nope, we're gonna go ahead and stick with what's been working all year, which has been the Jones Williams show. Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. I think that it, now that we've seen that Jamal is multidimensional, or AJ is Dylan's all-time multidimensional, that he can catch, that he can get out in space and, and make things happen. I think that that changes things. Cause, I mean, he because I mean, coming in, we didn't have we didn't have much of a training camp. There was no preseason. There wasn't that much about what he could do more besides just be a, a in between the tackles hammer back like an Eddie Lacy type. But now that we see saw last week, he's got good hands. He's 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 much more agile than you would think. He he's got everything that you want. And I guess it, just working on pass pro a little bit, he's got it. So I think now that now that you know that you can trust him out there, I think they're going to give him the opportunities again. And and having that balance between going any one of the three at different times makes someone like Akeem Hicks's job a little bit harder having to change how he tackles between each running back. Like you have to hit Dylan a little bit lower. You have to be much more deliberate trying to get down Aaron Jones because otherwise he will make you look absolutely silly. Like there's this different mindset that you have to have depending on which running back is out there and how you're going to break down and bring that guy to the ground. And I think having that third option is something that will only help Matt LaFleur call this game. Yeah, I would like to see Dylan get... Uh, I, I think Dylan should receive work. I just don't know that they actually feature him. Just just due to what they like they've not used him all year they didn't the only reason they used him was because and even earlier in the year against uh, houston he didn't get any run because like jamal williams was the lead guy and aaron jones is out and then they're like and everyone's like oh so aj dillon's gonna see some work and he saw maybe a carry or something like that it wasn't anything and they blew and they blew him out and then it finally took a snow game jamal williams being out and then uh who was it who was the who, who am i thinking of Oh, and Aaron Jones got hurt during the game just to get Dylan's a consistent run. 
And then I th- and can, do we think that if the game was as big of a blowout as it was, or if it wasn't as big of a blowout as it was, like if it was a close game, do you think Dylan would have gotten as much work as he did? Yeah, because I think he because he was effective. Matt Lafleur has not been afraid if the guys running wild will leave him in there. And I, th- I think with Dylan with how he was running and how he was punishing tacklers, I think in, in that type of weather was was big. And 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 Aaron Jones had obviously had a great game as well, but I think Dylan was such an important factor in getting downhill uh, again against uh, granted against a very bad defense but getting downhill and making guys have to earn it i think that was big in the weather there i think it'll be big against chicago as well because again you talk about trevathan's a thumper has he had to hit a guy like aj Dillon yet this year uh did they play tennessee i mean yeah they played, I think that, they div- did. They played that division okay so then, then he has had to hit a guy like that this year. He did have to hit Derrick Henry at one point earlier this season. And I think they played New Orleans, and so he probably had to hit Latavius Murray as well. But either way, I, I, I do think we'll see all three running backs at different times. I think, especially if with a with a potential buy, you don't want to take another chance of getting one of the other two guys hurt. So I think you, you'll see all three come out, all three have their roles, and... and and open things up for this playoff run because I mean look at look at 2010 we've set so many comparisons to 10 years ago now still James Sarks came in late and became the hero Brandon Jackson did his his thing he did the Jamal Williams type role Ryan Grant had gotten hurt but so you have those different running backs stepping in then you have different running backs rotating in now I, I think I think there's I think that's another way we'll see some action between the three. But that being said, moving on to some of the other other things for this game, and before we started recording, I I, I talked about we were talking about the game time, and I and I, I love how the NFL is doing this this year, as of having the important games in the playoff races at the same time slot. Uh, I love having Green Bay, Chicago, and then New Orleans and Seattle all playing at three o'clock. I, I love having the fact that neither team knows what the other team is doing before their game starts. Because say they had kept the Packers at noon, they win, they clinch the one, and New Orleans and Seattle can then sit their starters and not have to worry about anything like that. But now you have them all playing at the same time. They, they, there is no scoreboard watching at this point. So now you have to go out and play. And I think that's I think that's good for the league, it's good for the product, and I think it's good for the teams as well. Yeah, it is. I was wondering what game they were going to put at, uh, at night. That was the big game that I was interested in. Obviously, like the Washington-Philly game, with Alex Smith playing, I think Washington ends up winning that game. Obviously, the Dwayne Haskins experiment has ended. He is now free to go to strip clubs or whatever else he the, wants to do. The XFL. Yeah. Well, good for him. If that's you know what, if if he's I think I mean I think he's good enough to go be on a roster somewhere, but whether or not he is is a different story. There's some games that like they put all of the games that matter on the four o'clock slate, outside of like the Baltimore game, Giants and Dallas potentially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Giants Dallas one, and because the, and the reason that that one was able to be at one versus at like at the same time as the other NFC East game is Washington wins and they they have their destiny. But if Washington obviously if Washington loses, the winner of that Dallas New York game is the one that gets the is the one that gets the seed, which would just be bananas because then that would mean we would have a six and ten winner. Or I, if seven, Washington seven and nine for Dallas. Dallas doesn't have six wins, do they? Yep, they've won four in a row, I think. No, that can't be true. There's Dallas is six and nine. How, no, they well, they've won three in a row. But how did they get six wins this year? When you said that, I was like, "There's no way that's true." Let's see. So they lost. They beat the Vikings. They've beaten. They beat the Falcons earlier in the year. Then they just yeah they just beat Philly. They beat San Francisco. They beat Cincinnati, and then their other win came against. 
the Giants earlier in the year. Okay, well, so yeah, if Dallas wins, then there's a seven-win team out in the NFC East, which looks better than a six-win team. Still terrible, but yeah, I um, I like the, the way that they came out with the schedule. I think that keeping every team kind of saying, hey, look, we're going to schedule it the best way that we can to make sure that there's competitive advantage, there's no competitive advantage, nobody sitting or nobody scoreboard watching. It's we're playing. Uh, everybody that needs to play at the same time as each other are going to play at the same time as each other. There's seven games at, I think there's seven at one o'clock and then four or, or at eight and then eight at four o'clock. And I don't know why the NFL doesn't do this the rest of the year. They have plenty of, they, every single week it seems that we'll have like three games on one slate and then eight games on the other one. It's like just, just keep it balanced here. It's, it's all based on the network contracts because they have other programming that they got to. Fix and they get- I, I I get that aspect of it. I, I still don't agree with it. I think that like the NFL makes enough money, they should be able to just pay and say, hey, here's how we're going to do things. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all their great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I was talking with Andy on Twitter last week about what game was going to be flexed, and we were trying to figure it out, and my first thought was going to be Buffalo, Miami. Just because that could have been a, an important game, but then he made the point of watching Arizona or Washington Philly because that game does not have any sort of caveats as far as it needs other stuff to happen for that game to have playoff implications. Like you said, it's Washington winning in, so that that's all that has to happen. So there, you don't have to worry about another team bumping you out or anything like that. So that that makes sense for the Sunday night game. But yeah, having all these games late, I I do really really like that. I I I give kudos to the NFL and the schedule makers for making this happen. And that that three o'clock slate is going to be so much fun to keep track of while watching the Packers Bears. That's going to be an absolute joy to. It's going to be a football fan's dream to be able to try and keep track of all of these different scenarios going forward and playing out in real time. But then looking toward looking toward the game itself, Packers and Bears. If you're Chicago, what's your strategy on this game? Like, what are you? Tr- how are you trying to control this game and come out with a win? You have, Trubisky has to take care of the ball. You have to slow Green Bay down. You have to force three and outs. You have to tackle well. You, you have to get Green Bay into long down and distances, which Green Bay has been really good at converting those this year, but you have more, you have more chance of success when a team's in a longer down and distance. You can't beat yourself. That's how Chicago can keep this game closest. They take care of the ball. They have long, sustained drives, keep Rodgers on the sideline. And when Rodgers and the offense are on the field, you have to, you have to slow this offense down. You can't, you can't let them generate big plays. You have to keep everything in front of you. I think the Bears can do that. I just, I don't know whether or not they do. And it also comes down to whether or not Mike Pettin does what he did last week, which is realize the best way, like the best game plan. He said, you know what? If you beat us through the air, so be it. But you're not going to beat us with Derrick Henry, and that's exactly what happened. They they shut, quote-unquote, Derrick Henry down. He had less than 100 yards, which, considering I think all of us thought that he would finish with 150 and two scores, I think that we were all like, yeah, hell yeah, that's a great day. Um, so if Petten comes out and says, you know what? We're going to stack the box. Montgomery, you're not going to run on us. 
Trubisky, if you beat us through the air, so be it. And so it, so if, but if Petten comes out and just tries to go with a random game plan and doesn't try and stop the way that the Bears can beat you, then I think that, uh, I think Chicago can stay in this game. I think that this offense just looks explosive with Trubisky under it. Granted, I think the line being four and a half, I think that's way too close. I think the Green Bay is better than four. I think is more than four and a half points better than this Bears team. So I don't know what the books are thinking there, but I think that I just think the Green Bay is. I think Green Bay is the better team here, and I think that they can get out and boat race Chicago. I think Devontae Adams is going to go for 10, 10 plus catches and one hundred fifty yards and at least one score on Sunday. I just think that he is playing at a different level. The connection he has with Aaron Rodgers right now is a isn't just one of the best we've seen in the modern game it's it's just it's a special and fun team to watch so i think that if the bears are going to win or at least keep this game close they they have to keep rogers on the sideline and they have to take care of the ball absolutely absolutely. and and i do agree with you that the bears have been a little bit more explosive with trubisky but also do warn that it's difference between doing it against houston minnesota and jacksonville than doing it against an actual nfl team uh, but our team yeah. that's a, well, play- well, a playoff I get, team. I get, like, I get, I get that aspect of it. Everyone's, oh, well, the Bears haven't played anybody. But here's the thing: the Bears played good teams earlier in the year. They played. They lost by three to the Saints. They lost by one score to the. I think they lost by one score to the Titans. They lost by, or they won over Tampa Bay. They they've beaten slash played with good teams all year long. And like I said earlier. If Trubisky never gets benched, I think that Chicago would have won at least one other game during that six-game skid, and they'd be in the playoffs. Like they'd have, they'd have control, and they'd be fine. They obviously didn't. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Granted, as soon as it happened, I said that Trubisky shouldn't have been benched. I said it on the spot. So that's where I, that's where I stand. I think that Chicago can keep up with Green Bay. I just don't know if they will. I just think Green Bay is humming really and playing really well right now. Okay, it's the last thing before we get to the Packers strategy, what we think they're going to do. If if this becomes a blowout or a boat race, does Nagy come back next year? I think Nagy's back next year, uh, regardless. I just think that there are there's a lot of he's had a he had a winning season where they went to the playoffs. He's had a questionable quarterback in Trubisky. While I don't think Trubisky is the best, I think that he is a I think that he is a reasonable. I think he's a reasonable player. If he if you just don't ask him to do too much, just let him take let him just manage the offense. Don't try and make it. He's never going to be a game winner. But if you just let him do what he does best, he can just manage the game for you. And I know everyone's like, oh well, a game winner, a game manager can't win you a Super Bowl. Yeah, well, a game manager got Tampa Bay or got San Francisco to the Super Bowl last year, so that argument's out the window. He got Jimmy Garoppolo. All he did was take care of the football and hand it off. He did what he had to do to get them there. So Trubisky, I think, comes back on a one-year deal, unless he just throws like 17 picks, I guess. But So I think Trubisky comes back on a one-year deal, and I think Nagy comes back next year. And then at the end of that year, you can say, you know what? We've given it plenty of time. The experiment's over. Cut losses and move on. Absolutely, and as we get ready for the Packers strategy, quick update as well from what the weather is expected to be at Soldier Field tomorrow night. Around 30 for about kickoff time, around 30, and it'll drop into the to the upper teens as the game goes on. So it'll be fairly chilly, but not what we've seen the past couple of weeks. Looking for, again, we are, of course, the Packaday Podcast, looking for what the Packers are going to do. 
how do you balance this offense against the uh, this Bears defense? Like, what do you? How much of the run do you focus on? How much do you focus on Devontae Adams? If you're Matt Lafleur play calling, what's what's your first statement that you're going to make with your play calling? Go uh, go out and just hyper target Adams. Adams can. There's not a corner in football right now that can cover Adams the way he's playing. Let him cook for an entire drive. Don't throw. To, don't throw to Lazard, Tunyon, Jones. Nobody. Adams can cook anybody, any corner in football one on one. Let him go out and do that. Get the ball out of Rogers' hands quick. Don't do the thing they did against Carolina. I don't want to see the bubble screen nonsense. I want to see the quick slants. I want to see the like do a long rollout with Devontae on the deep on the deep cross. Do stuff like that. Get Adams involved early and make it clear that he's going to be a heavy part of this game because what happens when you heavily feature Adams is everyone else on the offense is going to be more open because Chicago's gonna be like, okay. That first drive was really bad. We have to slow down Devontae, and then they're going to shade coverage away from him, which is going to open up shots to MBS. It's going to open up big plays to Lazard on jump ball opportunities. So that's what I think you need to do. Establishing the run is great, but Adams is the part of this offense that really makes things easier on everybody else because when they, because then when they have to pay more attention to Devontae, that's going to leave lighter boxes for the running game. So then if you have a lighter box and then you have AJ Dillon in there, A.J. Dillon is going to run over a light box. He's going to Jamal Williams is going to be able to bowl over guys. Aaron Jones is going to be able to take advantage of guys on angle routes out of the backfield. He's get, or he's going to be able to get. I don't. I don't want to see Green Bay running out wide. That's one thing I got that Green Bay needs to avoid because Roquan Smith has played really good ball all year long, and he similar to. Devin White and Levante David in the Bucks game, they can take away or he can take away those end around, like those wide those wide running opportunities. So hyper target Adams early because what's gonna happen is everything else is gonna become more open for everybody else. Absolutely, and then and then on the other side, Kingsley Kiki is out. Uh, who takes his snaps on the defensive line for the Packers? They brought in Snacks Harrison, he's gonna be a run stopper only. Uh, who takes Kiki's rotational spot this week? It's oh man, I don't even know because I don't think Snacks is gonna get a full workload. I just don't think that he's gonna have that like level of conditioning yet. I would like to say that he is, but I don't think he's gonna be quite that heavily featured early. So we'll probably be Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster. Like I think it'll be Lancaster gets the majority of those snaps, but I think Harrison will still see some work. That's probably what I'm going to expect is a main rotation of Clark, Lowry, and Lancaster with Harrison kind of sprinkled in. Similar to the, what was it? Similar to this year when Yannick Ngakwe ended up in Minnesota where he was exclusively in on passing down situations and he only played a handful of snaps in the first game. And then as the season went on, he got more work. I think that that's what they do with Snacks is he gets some work in this game, but he doesn't get featured super heavily right away. I think that he comes along more in two weeks uh, in during the divisional game. For sure. And I, I think on passing downs where Kiki would get his run, I also think we'll see we'll see all three of the edges in. We'll see Gary and the Smiths together, I think, a little bit more this week, too. Oh, for sure. On those third sure. downs. And then I guess the last thing for Green Bay is... Obviously, he's, I think he's listed as questionable, but Cordero Patterson is still arguably the greatest kickoff returner who's ever been. What special teams, of course, Will Redmond back will, will help having that core guy back there. What do they do to limit the Bears' special teams? Kick it out of the end zone. Fair enough. So as we start to wind things down, we'll make our final predictions for 
this Sunday afternoon matchup again, Week 17, Packers-Bears gauge. How does the game go? I think Green Bay ends up winning this game. I think that it'll be I think it'll be bigger than four and a half, but I also think that Chicago is able to keep it within single digits. I'd say the game probably finishes up somewhere in the thirty one to twenty four range. Uh is probably what I'm thinking. So about a, about one score. Chicago probably gets like one uh either field goal or touchdown late to make it a one score game, but Green Bay just ultimately shuts the door on this one. Uh probably in the in the early part of the fourth quarter, I think Green Bay gets a dagger touchdown and extends it to a decent sized lead and it's uh, over from there. Yeah, I'm in a very similar boat. I think I think it's kinda of going the opposite. I think Green Bay wins thirty one twenty one. I think it's I think it ends up being a one score game for most of the day, but I think Green Bay gets a late field goal to really put it on ice for Mason Crosby to to end it and and to get the one seed. So I go I'm going 31-21, but I I I think I I, I agree with you. Green Bay's the better team. Chicago's their two corners being out definitely hurts. The the Packers if Mike Pettin keeps with the game plan to stop the run and limit Montgomery, there's only so much Allen Robinson can do, and and I think they can limit the Bears' offenses pretty well. And then I think they get the one seed, and then the other playoff seeds. We'll worry about that next week. So I think ho- hopefully we'll be back with you guys next week talking about the bye week and the other games to what to look forward to, to have a week without Packer football to relax and get ready for what what hopefully will be a playoff run concluding in February down in Tampa Bay. So that being said, Gage, where can people find you? What are you working on? You can find me on Twitter, at GBridge for NFL, as always, with the NFL season uh, basically wrapping up. The fantasy season is largely done. I have cranked back my work in a massive way in that aspect. So I'm not doing as much work for Rotoball or Dynasty Nerds and everything else. However, I am still putting out content over at both of those websites. I'm also going to start doing draft content as we get into uh, over the next couple of months. I just finalized my database that I'm going to be working out of this year, which has got all of my film stuff and my grades. And I'll be working through that as the season goes on so or as the draft season goes on. So Pay attention to my Twitter. I'll generally be putting out draft content probably every couple of days. I'm still doing Denver Nuggets content, so for those of you that, for whatever reason, like the Denver Nuggets because they're a fun team to watch, I'll be talking about them a lot. And that's kind of what I'm working on right now. And you can find me on Twitter, at Mike Wendland, all one word. Yeah, I haven't been doing much writing outside of just writing for my for my own personal stuff. And and I'm also currently broadcasting for Zaleski Sports, covering high school sports throughout Wisconsin. So you can check that out at ZaleskiSports.com, my play-by-play work. I am doing three games this coming week, so to stay tuned for that. And, of course, check us out on the Packaday Podcast, at Packaday Podcast on Twitter. All of, our great, all of our great colleagues are there working hard, and every day we'll have new stuff for you. Check out our YouTube channel as well. Andy's done great work there. And of course, check us out wherever podcasts are. iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Give us a subscription, give us a like, uh, rate us, let us know how we're doing. And of course, be, be sure to check out every day for more great Packaday content. Again, week 17, Packers and Bears, 325 Central Time Start. So everyone, enjoy the game, stay safe, always carry the G, and go Pack Go. Happy New Year, everybody.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.